Listening to music by Vangelis, Vangelis Papatanasio. That piece was called Boborg, Part One. Before that, we heard Jean Claude Risset, R I S S E T, from some French um, computer music. You've been listening to A Different Nature here on KBU. And tune in every Monday night for this program on KBU. Thank you for listening. This is KBOO Portland. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is available at our website at kboo.fm. Due to the temporary closure of in-station activity at KBOO, meetings will be conducted online via public video conferencing, unless otherwise noted. A public link and phone number to attend the meetings are available on our website. The Finance Committee meets on the third Thursday of the month at 5.30 p.m. Please visit our website at kboo.fm to verify if the meeting is being held. Welcome to January 16th, my first show of 2023. I'm Dan Raphael. This is kboo.fm. Have three fine poets for you today, uh, Ash Good, Tim Barnes, and Morgan Page. I'll also be throwing in a couple poems from Kenneth Patchen, Terrence Hayes, and maybe something from myself, time permitting. But let's get going with the goods, uh, excuse me, with Ash Good. Ash is a non-binary queer poet and designer living, playing, and working here in Portland. They are the author of five books and chapbooks, most recently, Us Clumsy Gods from What Books Press. Ash serves as co-founding editor at First Matter Press, a 501c3 nonprofit. Guide Set Your Stories Free, a weekly generative workshop, and reads for Frontier Poetry Journal. And here's poetry from Ash Good. These poems are from my new collection, Us Clumsy Gods, from What Books Press. And before beginning, I'd like to acknowledge that I've been very lucky to learn about liberation from countless black and brown thought leaders teachers and writers, uh, some of them including Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams, Bell Hooks, Octavia Butler, Adrian Marie Brown, Lama Rod Owens, Resma Manikam, Don Miguel Ruiz, and many, many others. And many of these poems that I'll read arise out of my own relationship to Earth, where I live in Oregon. And these places are the stolen traditional and ancestral homes of the Multnomah, Chinook, Kathlamet, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, Stiletts, and many other tribes and bands of the Northwest Columbia and Willamette regions. In the first poem that I'll read, Y East is the Multnomah people's name for the mountain that sits east of present-day Portland, also known as Mount Hood. Greedy. Long to live forever. Stunned, silent, Plump body, iridescent fly, red tulip, hour, maybe week, month, nothing but delicate pattern, transparent wing, endless superpower, hunger, enhance until eye contact, but with all five fly eyes. Did you know fly has five eyes? Imagine simultaneous vision. One, fly. Two, hair wind strung. Three, unquarantined love. Four, white east distant. Five, child inside reaching hand to fly. Oh, to be small, curious, smaller. Make me invisible, unless someone looks closer, sometimes already unseen until you look closer, all of it beautiful, cannot want. Another hour, odd, 
crave all I have. Nothing is stopping us. One, can we agree a good poem slays all that came before only to strengthen some institution of meaning and there's always someone standing too long in front of the salad greens? Spiritual practice is keep our hands on our own damn cart, but what I really want to write about is impatience. As we hover midair and contorted, arms outstretched for earth and spines have never bent like this and no wonder our necks are sore. Two, begging, time, do your job, contain, give us something dependable. After all, 60 seconds is a minute and 60 minutes is an hour and 10,000 hours makes an expert. And how do we trust in a crisis of zero egress, sit still while cities decimated, pinprick black holes multiply to gulp another person's sun? Let's just swallow our own suns for safekeeping. It's been so long since we flew anywhere that wasn't astral. Remind us. Three. We climb down from trees gradually, and if you think you're invisible, someone is thinking of you right now. I guess when we die, we can care more about being forgotten or how we're remembered, or maybe don't waste time on either. If we careen wildly off these ropes, do we slip into percolating body, or is it dark? How thick is skin between dimensions? Either way, I imagine we hear thrum of small wet frogs. Four, while we're stuck, let's write letters that speak of the world to what already squeezed out through the door. Dear you, I cut lilacs from mama's yard and wasn't going to stop, but car pulled itself right and my palms are itchy on cut grass, clearing your headstone, Mount St. Helens, Sentinel, gunpowder light explodes through dug firs and nothing is stopping us. We can feel our hearts here. It hurts, but we feel our hearts. What I apprehend of time travel. One, grandfather's 25-year-old cactus blooms a new flower. African violets endure up to 50 years. It is so much pressure to care for the plants of a ghost. Can you tell me who even has only one phantom? Raucous over here, spirits tip pots over. I can live off petrichor, do my best not to prick myself, at least not in the same place again. Two, I know too much of invisible, love, poison, never catch first rain on my tongue. Tell us, keep your body pure and nature helps us fail. All the arms we have are umbrellas or linked with comrades. We didn't ask for war, we wanted wild. Hum, look through the moan. Ask, is it even mine? Monsoons roar, small feral sounds look for our mouths. Three. We will be sharp with our mothers. Even after tarot admonishes, soften a heart. Yes, you child, gifted vocabulary, trauma, epigenetic healing, wail at your responsibility, be imperfect, reduce harm. Start with bird spikes, bumps that stop sleep, signs that lie, this place is not for. Howl at pleasure. Admit, we have all been a pigeon and a tired person. Four, you will stir for before, barbaric past, before in Eden, before I could touch them, before now, now, after, before. Not tall enough to reach, auntie's sink, yellow rose, wallpapered French bathers. Now she is an invisible vessel among what is hers, looks over all I water, 
drink from, care for. This is good. Tell me of the apparition I am. Home I protect. Us, beautiful, prepared for our own demise. BLM counter demonstration to a Proud Boy rally. Vanport, Oregon, September 26th, 2020. For a while, we lived that revolution. Follow both of them in riot gear. No stopping now, I say. It hits me before it hits me. Oh, how often do I hover just outside? Radio crackle, broadcasted warning, proud boys on the move. Tension, big fields, stacked cars, few exits, locked portageons, dumpster to pee behind. And this is all true. Spies, no real names, police, affinity groups, tactics, probably guns. Visible weapons are a liability. Black bodies, so much ballistic armor. Maybe even the memory is dangerous. This dream, that body, convinced of future we may never land in. Little we each know to do our part. Head to toe black block, but dope sneakers, calls for eye contact and trust, gravity, real time, history, in rib cages, heartbeats. I know exactly what this city looks like. I can't shake that I really love you, stranger. Have you ever felt more human, more flawed and unstoppable? There is a radiant black woman live yellow bloom in her bulletproof vest. When I ask you to imagine a flower, the whole thing fits right there in your mind. Open your eyes. Hope you survive. Relieved to be small in a wave that will never relent. With an epigraph by Adrienne Marie Brown, I touch my own skin, and it tells me that before there was any harm, there was miracle. Only one pair of orange eyes in under thicket of rage, and hard to get breath into belly, even harder to breathe through boot soles, to get breath into earth, under pavement, under temples, to far off power. And history swamped at our ankles. Now I level, no way to see or understand from inside. Voice shouts, take a deep breath and remember, you can trick your body into thinking it's breathing. Let little sips of air out slowly. Remember, when the gas comes, walk, don't run. Remember pulsing. Remember why this necessary. Remember why it needs your whole body. Adjust your privilege, gas mask fogging, nettle buzzes. Stay together, stay tight. We do this every night. One does not want to be singled out, no saviors. And even if one appears, they'll be thwarted by paranoia, ulcers, or our own government. Trust, we will not look away. We are made of uncountable white hot sins and take grievance, prone skin. Eyes flood. The realness of body. I wake you. You wake me. Cycling 50 minute ago alarm, attainable freedom. Hair needs brushed, pulled off neck, dry shampooed, entangled again. Clean hair, no texture. I like these snarls, but not yesterday's. Ticking time bomb of perfect length nails, one hour too long and talon torn. Constant evaluation of thinness, too loose neck skin, spot may, may not be malignant. What do I pretend is real? 
wanted to be a gentle magician. Like you know precisely when I touch your third eye, reply fingerprint, dead center palm. Is it witchcraft when I see through you or when I can't? Thrust into 24-hour-a-day performance, flammable and reliant on fire extinguishers, in our war of waking bodies, quivering muscles are rearranging nervous systems. No one taught us to dream or breathe. But can novelty be our gender for Andra Voltavine? I text midnight. You reply 11 exclamation points. Ha, huh? if it can be, that's what I am. In daylight, our soft anatomy is unambiguous. At Collins Beach for a respite from revolution, questioning when is right to rest? What is right to do? Pulled between neck-high submersions in fast-moving river and crawling back goosebumps to sun, my body bare and warming, your skin dancing in ink that won't wash, charcoal finger-painted from found fire log, leaf-filtered light exactly how I like. Imperfection abounds, but here you are, a renewed sliver of sublime creature to soak in, novel, ball-cap half-hiding, gaze. Child chases father, splashes water, bottoms less bronze than tangled limbs, my ankle still bruised from less lethal ammunition. I can't forget outside forces intend to separate skin from element, skin from skin, sand, water, curious fly, body, creation, origin, perfection, what isn't. We can't ignore when wind picks up or what lies ahead. I'm collarbone deep in the unknown again. You offer myths our past selves wrote to tend our future. I don't know where I come from, but I do know during this very long week, naked by the Columbia is the closest I'm getting back to it. When we first get here, you say, we've come so far. This might as well be another realm, and it is. This is the last poem I'll share in this reading. Walking Alone, Salmon River at Three Rocks. Greet this place aloud. Hello, tender. Hello is doorway to prayer, is doorway to song. Move through winged trill, waterfall trickle, gravel crunch, suddenly startle. You might be seen. Someone might come upon you, strange person, hand recklessly on breastbone as luxury fits in the world. Emerge from domestic rainforest to ocean-mouthed riverbed. Palm sands tidal indents until shape of coast, one more line on your body. Aren't vapors whirling above your own mind all around, patterned and dancing? Right there, your anemone heart, clenching when provoked, even by gentle, curious touch. Here shell you outgrew, and there your honed beach log smooth by turmoil. Throw yourself on the fire. Miracle, you barely smolder. Arrive to where you chuckle. Silly you thinking yourself stranger. That earnest hello. Thanks, Ash. And now my usual uh, mix things together. Here's a old favorite from Kenneth Patchen titled the finger motioned with its mangled hand toward the wall behind it and uttered a melancholy cry. It was rumored on the block Ethel is gonna let go tonight. I made big about it, strutting down fifth, eyeing the babies over, thinking they looked like mud hens next to my little piece of tail. 
She was hard to get. Her old lady was saving her for dough, but hell, I had class. Want the moon, kid? And I'd give it to her. Funny thing, though this is all a lie. I never so much as touched her hand. She thinks I'm dirt. Nobody else always ever gets the wrong end of the stick. I'd carry the mail for you, Ethel. Stop running around with that pup. He's got a car, sure, and Jack to throw like water, but what does he want? What do they all want? Something easy, something that somebody else worked for. Ethel, lay off rich kids. You'll end up dirty. Join the world and see the army. The, do the silence is quiet tonight along the Jersey coast. The chippies discuss democracy in odd tones. Breeze there ahead with a man so dead Shoot the liquid fire to Johnny, joy with every rendezvous with death. We are giving away an autographed photo of J.P. Morgan taken in the front-line trenches. They took him down to stone steps to a cellar thick with rats. The guard gave him a cigarette and slapped it out of his mouth. Moral, don't ever knock off a cop. Ethel, looking like a movie queen, descended on his cell in a mink coat. When they fitted the black cap over his head, he knew that he'd never have another chance to be president. That's Kenneth Patchen. That's Kenneth Patchen. And now, up next, no relation, is Tim Barnes. Wow. Tim taught at the English Department at Portland Community College for 25 years. Did various things there. He was the chair of the creative writing department and advisor on the literary magazine. He's author of several poetry collections, most recently Definitions for a Lost Language. He has been the editor of the Friends of William Stafford, a journal and newsletter for poets and poetry since 2011. So here's Tim Barnes. I'd like to thank Dan Raphael for inviting me to read on KBU, one of my favorite radio stations. And the first poem I'm going to read is called The Noun with No Name. And it has an epigraph by... Ernest Fenelosa from his book, The Chinese Character as a Written Medium of Poetry. A true noun, an isolated thing, does not exist in nature. Once there was a noun with no name. It was almost invisible, like a ghost or the mist of a storm. But it was, it existed. One day a man will come tramping through the forest and find it hovering, unformed or coherent, a being. The man will scratch his head, sit down on a rock, if there is one, and begin to rummage the language. All, at first, of course, the necessary exclamations, all variations on, I'll be damned. Then the search, that cousin of wonder, for its utterance. This time, the noun is visited by a silent man whom he never mentioned what he saw one day in a clearing where the wilderness was. But the nameless does not complain, except in old English manor houses, and certain syllables of the sea. It just waits, restless, alert, moaning once in a while at the edge of a field, a river, perhaps the one thing, the secret, it lives in the forest with the darkness, the other, on the immense frontier of the articulate. And the next poem I'm gonna read is called One Country Before Sleep. Here, the rivers flow so slow, the seas not yet filled. Trees grow 10,000 years and then fall quietly forever. No one is ever late. Everything begins for days and does not end. The biology class watched a flower the entire spring semester and then went home for lunch. Cats nap for weeks and dogs bark at strangers who approach so slow they arrive as friends. Here. All the animals still roam in the woods, and the first spear is always on its way through the air. Hawks linger so long in the sky, their wings turn almost to weather. And when it rains, the women decide which drops they want, stroll outside, get their bowls from their dusty shelves, and sit down in the sun to wait. The rain does not splash. It pours into their bowls like syrup, and the women are still preparing breakfast. And this next poem is called Burying the Books, and it's set in the late 40s during the Red Scare and the McCarthy era. O 
opening our old copy of Karl Marx's Kapital, a modern library edition, with the family bookplate inside, a grove of redwood trees, I think of my father saying, no, no, we will not bury this. There in the study of our house at the end of Star Hill Road, he looked at Evelyn and said, this is not enough to implicate us in anything but a good education, and put the book back on the shelf beside the theory of the leisure class and the wealth of nations. I don't know what books he carried across December 1948 to the goat shed where he had removed the floorboards and dug a hole he could not see the bottom of in the light of the Coleman lantern my mother held, the irises of the goats glowing around the black boxes of their pupils as they watched him lower the dangerous literature into the darkness, into the goat shed ground. I don't believe she cried, nor he. I don't believe those books have ever been found. They are buried, just as my father soon after was buried in the history of enduring American values. Just as my mother buried her life in me, who slept like the baby I was in the upstairs room behind a window reflecting the sunlight, reflecting the moonlight falling apart on the waters of Half Moon Bay. As they undressed, looked across the chenille bedspread at their bodies in each other's eyes, and then got under the covers and lay still apart until buried in sleep. This next poem is called Spoons and Appreciation. Ah, the romance of spoons, their goodness, how they fit together, how they lie together hip to hip, spooning comfortably in that slender bed, the drawer. I believe in spoons, their essential good nature. They are the gentlest of utensils. Knights, knives cut, forks jab, but spoons cradle. The knife slices, slices meat, fork skews it, but the spoon is oval and holds sips. It is the utensil of moderation, of cure. Spoons full of medicine, spoons full of care. A spoon will never hurt you, never jab nor cut you. There is no blood in the history of the spoon. Spoons are the sexiest of the utensils, feminine and rounded, all curve and camber. Knives are phallic, forks are aggressive and toothy. Spoons are the shapes of breasts and buttocks. To knife is to pierce, to fork is to branch out, but to spoon is to make love, cuddle together. The gentle spoon, to be spoon-fed like a child. Spoons are the utensils of babies. The spoon conserves, contains mothers. And this next poem is called The Roots of Wings, and I'd like to thank Dan again for um, publishing it in a little anthology he did called Playing with a Full Deck. It has um, an epigraph by Juan Ramon Jimenez, which goes like this. Roots and wings, but let the wings take root and the roots fly. This has three sections. The first, let the wings root and the roots fly into the tree. Let the rivers root and rise into the clouds. Let the clouds rise and fall into the rivers into the roots, into the tree that is rising, the leaf, the wing. Two, let the earth and the ocean blend their aromas and exoticas. May the families of the fishes and herds send each other seasonings blessed by the mothers and the fathers, and the crops and the blue fields blessed by virgins and the high green wave of forests beyond the river valleys, beyond the bays that lie in the lap of the land, the cliffs with their feet in the sea. Three. Here on the earth, with the feathers that fall from birds, or whose lives come from the sky, I am glorified by the exemplum of breath, commonly known as the wind. I am lifted up by the dark and slender brilliance of maple, its beautiful bones, its embodiments, light in the leaves, how they stream with it, rooted and rising, a green cloud growing in the blue where wings are born. And then this, this poem is called Definitions for a Lost Language. Pausing here, having trouble finding where I put it. Definitions for a Lost Language has this epigraph. 
the volcanic eruptions of 1815 on the island of Zambawa in the Indian Ocean archipelago caused the death of all the speakers of the, of the Tamboran language. That's from Vanishing Voices, The Extinction of the World's Languages by Nettle and Romaine. In Tamboran, the word for love did not exist in the modern sense. That word now lost meant family and sensuality, as in the beauty of new plantings. The Tamborans were famous for beautiful gardens that fed the stomach with the luscious array of foodstuffs and the eye with splendor. It is said their terrace gardens curved the slopes in lush undulations, and that among flowering trees and vegetable gardens one savored the scent of paradise. It is not inconsistent with the gracefulness of their gardens that their word for war meant something approaching the slaughter of flowers. Since the Tamboran lived, Tamborans lived on the on an island circled by the sea, their word for the sea was almost synonymous with the word for ancestor, meaning something in between the waters of the great mother's tears and ancient amniotic fluid. The meaning of their island's name, Zimbabwe, falls somewhere between flesh and earth or land that breathes and grows its own gowns. For God, a word very close to the idea of thought, a word combining the meaning of the invisible and the idea of form or pattern, containing as can be seen by all we know of their culture, the idea of the fair and meaningful forms guided by an aesthetic intrinsic to the land from which the people rose, the verb form of which was justice. For evil, they had no word. For sin, a word that meant both ugly and the inability to empathize. All this is gone, wandering somewhere between the heaven of possibility and the hell of the vanished imagination, an extinct lexicon of what the earth once knew, a paradise lost. And this next uh, poem is from a manuscript I'm working on, a poem about living in the West called uh, tentatively Tin Cup Creek. This is called Buckskin Boy. Alone in your room, you put on the clothes your mother's left on the chair for someone else. If it was really your life, they would be buckskin and fringed, a flintlock leaning against the wall. Soon there will be a knock on the door and you will return from the book in your lap where you've been trapping beaver along the muscle shell and camping cold with Bridger and Meek in the spring of 34. And pretend to be a boy, your mother knows, because you must be careful in Indian, in Indian country. And this next one is called One for White Bird. And White Bird was a, the only uh, Nez Perce who escaped the, the retreat of the Nez Perce into Canada. And White Bird Canyon is where the, the American troops uh, suffered their worst loss of the war. After the battle, some, and this poem is based on having taken a trip uh, along the Nez Perce Trail with my wife in, in 1992. After the battle, some dreamers dreamed into shadow, ghosted into cold country, Canada, blinking bullets and wolves. They left behind the loss and the lost, Itsiyeye Coyote and the clan, a way of being, stories and trees, reading the wind over the camas, crow along the clear water, and fled into the frozen grasses of Saskatchewan. Some never came back. White Bird didn't, even though he sat down with Sitting Bull. Some sifted down later into the, into the old country around Lapway, Kamaya, and took up allotments left our real names last said somewhere by a fire in grandmother's country. They put blankets over the, the windows of their cabins and danced and drummed their way back to before the moons of bullets and dead horses, the ghost maker months. They talked to the church lady politely. They turned to shadow, like old man wolf, those ones, Wotalan, black eagle, yellow wolf, and peel peel theolect, bird alighting, or George, as he was known to the authorities and stepped out of the surrender, past the rifle flash, flash into a dream, a song, a drum, a howl, heard some nights along the Lolo Pass and the Loxa, some mornings in the Wallawas and down along the deep and startling defiles of White Bird Canyon. 
and this next one is a little bit of what we call, what we, what, we, what we might call atavistic anthropology, called dream salmon. In those waters, when the time comes, the golden salmon river back to their birth. You can go there if you're wild enough, or quick enough, or true to a stream. The river is like that. It knows who you are. It goes there and becomes a pool where certain gods fish. Those gods are gone now, it seems, but the waters remain, swerving around cliffs, widening into bends, descending into mourning, herding the current, snow-bearded and purling. From the time the golden salmon dreamed upstream and the tribes travelled down from the hills where the skies begin, sky begins. They sang there, some say, and, deter and drummed by the kindred waters and speared the golden salmon, crimson in the spawning light, and sliced them open and smoked them by the fires stolen from the stars with the little hooks they called hands in the days born after. And this last poem I'm going to read is called Where Maps Go Bust. And it mentions plues, which are beaver uh, hides, and, uh, and mountain lamb, who was Joe Meek, the famous uh, fur trapper who lived in, who came to Oregon at the end of his career. His uh, Indian wife, mountain lamb, who was killed in the mountains after a rendezvous. Where maps go bust. The trail to Lost Horse Lake is on a map that tracks the times whiter than pioneers with plows in their eyes. Mountain roads that cut the canyons shrug their shoulders and trail off into the trees. Lost, Ark Lake, Lost Horse Lake finds the sky alone with elk trails and chipmunk, coyote scat, and old Indian sign. Trapper tales of plues and mountain lamb, rendezvous and shining times. The story streams over and over the stones. They're still there, old Haas, where horses go wild and graze all the way over the continental divide, dumb as rivers, nibbling the purple promise that comes with mountains that never shed their snow. There, where rivers go bust and Tin Cup Creek quenches its thirst. Thanks, Tim. Now I'm going to read a couple poems from uh, Terence Hayes' book, American Sonnets from My Past and Future Assassin written during the Trump administration, and uh, each poem has the same title as the book, so I'll just give the page numbers and all the same title. Page 11. I lock you in an American sonnet that is part prison, part panic closet, a little room in a house set aflame. I lock you in a form that is part music box, part meat grinder to separate the song of the bird from the bone. I lock your persona in a dream-inducing sleeper hold. While your better selves watch from the bleachers, I make you both Jim, G-Y-M, and Crow here. As the Crow, you undergo a beautiful catharsis trapped one night in the shadows of the gym. As the gym, the feel of crow shit dropping to your floors is not unlike the stars falling from the pep rally posters on your walls. I make you a box of darkness with a bird in its heart, voltas of acoustics, instinct, and metaphor. It is not enough to love you. It is not enough to want you destroyed. Page 18. I'm not sure how to hold my face when I dance. An expression of determination or euphoria? And how should I look at my partner, in her eyes or at her body? Should I mirror the rhythm of her hips or should I take the lead? I hear Jimi Hendrix was also unsure in dance, despite being beautiful and especially attuned. Most black people know this about him. He understood the rhythm of a Delta farmer on a guitar in a juke joint circus circa 1933, as well as the rhythm of your standard bohemian on a guitar in a New York apartment amid daydreams of jumping through windows, ballads of footwork, monk orchestras, miles with strings, whatever. I'm just saying, I don't know how to hold myself when I dance. Do you? And again, these are just samples. It's a wonderful book. This is page 28. 
something in the metaphor of the bow which is never close enough to see the arrow hit its mark. I remain a mystery to my father. My father remains a mystery to me. Christianity is a religion built around a father who does not rescue his son. It is a story of a son whose father is a ghost. No one mentions Jesus' sister. Nothing is written about her. She had no children. She was in her forties the first time she turned water into wine. A late bloomer, she began a small wine business and traveled all around the world selling the wine. Her name was the name of the wine. I don't recall the name of the wine. Terence Hayes, American Sonnets for My Past and Future Assassins. Check it out. Now my third uh, featured reader tonight, Morgan Page. Morgan is a poet, visual artist, and entrepreneur residing in Kalama, Washington. Kalama? Her first poetry chapbook and poetry album, Lick the Psychic, was released in October 2019 by Lightship Press and recorded by Shady Pines Media. It takes you on a playful chanting ride, exploring themes of femininity, psychedelia, and the life-death life cycle. More at Morgan Page, that's P-A-I-G-E, MorganPagePoetry.com, and on Instagram. And, yeah, definitely a poet to catch live, is, oh, aren't they all? But here's Morgan. Hello, this is Morgan Page, and I'd like to share a few poems from a recently released chapbook called Be Amused. And I want to thank Dan Raphael for inviting me to share some poetry here on the airwaves and thank you to Dan for all you do for the poetry community in PDX and beyond. Just dark, just distance. Manic, raucous, seismic, corpus, lawless, locust, fearless, focus, child, compass, wild, caucus, high, consciously, nigh, nightly, incubus, you, succubus of a dangerous craving, of a shady having, no teeth to plea, no reach to seed, just dark and open ocean just distance with open door. I wish I could show you. Upon my breast, a brass hook, a metal look, a sunken dream, a labyrinth synth, free to be perused, preambled, aimed at a mammal breath. Roosting here, we have come to rest. Forget the dress, the skin is enough. The tongue cleaned is still rough. From this vantage point, I am the opposite of tough. I rely now on routine, easing into the beam of light. I wish I could show you instead of always fighting. Forage informally, internally, normally, orally, additionally, morally, continuously visceral, or recite what you want to fight for. Subversively aversive, discourse as current vo verse, current voice in head is assertively skirmish, a whirling dervish, supportively sour, mower of long blades, rainy sage, bleeds on page as intensive days, spent spiked, spored out, borrowed clout, curled up cursive as reflexive fences, vices to fly over, Forgive pervasiveness, decisiveness without the discipline, yet it's still riveting. We're riding the wave no matter how many times we slap our face on the water. 
Every quarter we count talkers, squatters on brick and mortar, absorber of wonderful clutter, eater of butter on bread, squander on, trotter long distance, you spotter of disorder. Why meander your purpose? Propose a toast of defined divinity instead. Designed visibility, without dishonest salinity, equanimity unanimously simple, suture your brain, soothe your future, neural genesis much sooner, softer, sin sabotage with dramatic montage. Veritas very plush, brushed by bruised glove, burned wrist, neck twisted from two pillows towered, lovers move covers, more preciously and consciously bonding canyons between bodies close in skin forms the hinge hint of yin grin thin foreign kiss on forehead imagine examining the inner assassin of another crashing out having housed a thrashing ego hashing out honest hanging on asking strong situations to sing their song. Respond now to the Renaissance. Stomp hesitance, fond of showing shining stone, less headstrong, prolonged ping pong, bombed recon, gone, gone, gone along, alone, oblong, upon stimulants, opulence of sapience, pendulum prevalent, Impudent covenant, exuberant occupant to document the torrent of affairs. Square one, swear swung, stare there to declare sun, and warbles of warm morsels. Verbal birds, herbal forage, forage internally. Forage informally, internally, normally, orally, additionally, morally, continuously visceral, provisional hyperbole. So recite what you want to fight for intentionally, now and eternally. Enamored with the birds at dawn. Early morning study of squaw, claw, white giant bulb of bog. She is suggestive, balletic, trilling rain. She scales the exotic, poised, fringe, fondly. She is loyal to the mist of brine, to the dank aura of moss and mire, of monacious quality. She lets the lavish drops slope from her lips, retire upon coastal hills of hips, enamored with the birds at dawn, living on a knife's edge. Needn't nuzzling, nodding off. Gentle heathens got me right where they been needing. Been needing nuzzling myself while nodding off. Getting sober while noting nothing really. Something barely biting, baby. Been feeling a water and well nearly daily lately. And I'm the only one saving me, facing me, gracing me with the flame. Are we making something new, love? Or is it all the same? Compersion. 
compassionate compersion equals liberated unions equals creative movements equals meaningful moments equals no opponent equals shared gifts equals less rifts equals more kisses equals authentic missing equals deeper listening equals higher reasoning equals more opening equals awakening equals awakening equals awakening <clears throat> geometric all words in this poem use only the letters found in the word geometric ergot recite merit or greet metric remote regime or micro grime ego comet or more mic tie toe to time or trim tree night of mad moon and river choir you of meteoric mood haunt too many to prune on night of mad moon and river choir A. Articulation accelerates astronomical alliteration. Abstract ability accepts anecdotes. Access is absolutes above aching, about absence. Authenticated authority. Armor aligned, arrow amended, alpha angel adapts angles. Alters affairs, advises allies as artists. Admires anarchy and attracts abundant amnesty. I am, am I breathing okay? I try to breathe consciously. I am in Hailing, I try to hail breath. Am I doing it wrong? I am starting and stopping, circling and boxing. I am. Am I breathing? Okay. Nominate nature. Nominate nature before endangerment, wager before entanglement, manger before battlement. Don't settle for their settlement. Fuck the colonial imprisonment, an embarrassment to our betterment not a measurement of enlightenment, a testament to a fundamental predicament, not a civil covenant. Nominate nature before bewilderment, maker before government, stranger before document. Don't settle for their dissonance, their filament of artificial ligaments, informers of hereditary arguments, importers of discriminatory alliance, Petulant agreements, conjecture before appointment. Fuck your poison, your so-called medicine. Fuck your convent, your so-called religion. Our coven is rising, more than 13,000 strong and tithing. Now to the Taurus moon, sun in Scorpio, clocks set to doom for you. Politicians who creep into our periphery, seep into our history, bleed upon our mystery. Yet our anatomy is strengthening, our alchemy is awakening, our herbs are enabling, our communities are functioning, artists are rendering new visions of an ancient natural system. 
a mission for all involved, all animals, all animists, all souls, all evolved, all led into gold with all elements. We are all instruments of divinity, students of sacred geometry, babies of infinity. So fuck your patriarchal antiquity. This is our only security to a new dream for humanity. Existentialism. Other than here, all words in this poem use only letters found in the word existentialism. Here is a talisman. Here is a titan. Here is an ailment. Here is a timeline. Here is an animist. Here is a set line. Here is an estimate. Here is a slant. Here is an inmate. Here is a saint. Here is timeless, tameless talent. Here is seismal, nameless extent. Here is enamel. Here is intimate. Here is seminal. Here is existent. Here is mental initial missiles. Here it nestles, settles, aligns. Here is limit. Here is listen. Here is mantle. Here is salt. Here is smile. Here is ease. Here is smitten. Here is tease. Here is sense. Here is steam. Here is tint, here is sin. Here is title, here is time, here is stem. Here is mate, here is saline, here is taste. Here is test, here is tilt, here is tea, here is tit. Here is sane, sans, lament. Here is sex, tail, here is set, sail. Here is axis, here is exit. Here is satin, here is sea. Thank you. Thanks, Morgan. I want to mention that uh, this Thursday, January 19th, I'm reading from my new book in the Wordshed at Rose City Book Pub at 14th and Fremont. I'll be reading with James Grable, who also has a new book, uh, Schoenborg and the Troposphere. Starts at 7.30. It's free. There are books you can buy. And here's a sample from my book, My Heart Cries Out for Obstruction, Nathaniel Mackey. My twitching fingers know the air's too thin to climb or weave. My feet reluctant to leave the floor. But town is closing soon and the highway needs its quota. You can only buy so much time without worrying where to put it exchanging interests for growth and unstable stillness, the momentum of a sentence untethered by breath, my long, steadily changing pages, uncertain. Something yeasted and forgotten, a fermented state of mind stopped with cheekbones, hesitation reduced to lard, rendering and charcoal, squid blood and tar sands, the inevitability of stars, more error than margin, too much space for a line, too much rumble for a bag. Keys keep turning in my pocket, but nothing ignites. My deodorant smells like gasoline, my mouthwash from a forgotten river. No industry without dust, no progress without rogues, out of the blue and into the gray. I always leave a couple spoonfuls for the next meal. If the knife's not used for cooking, something else will be cut. On Thursdays, the cooks pick the music and the plates are glad to wash themselves. My appetite's in a minor key. When my earworm is a bass jam I was playing last night, while the garlic I smell from the kitchen won't be peeled and chopped for a couple hours, on the brink of an almost lethal brilliance, eyes cropping what the windows allege, a 20-foot shadow rolls slowly down my street looking for an address. So that's the poetry for tonight. Uh, again, no poetry without gratitude, as well as other things like hunger you might need. So thanks to the three featured readers today, to Ash Good, Tim Barnes, and Morgan Page. Again, uh, please 
contribute to poetry, write poetry, get out and about. Went to a good reading the other night at uh, Mother Foucault's. Again, it's nice to see more readings happening in town. I think January has a nice role, and I hope it continues into February. And with a continuing thanks, I want to thank uh, KBU. want to thank all you KBU listeners. Tell your folks about this show. Tell your friends that they can uh, pick it up anytime at KBU.fm. Thanks to the founders of The Talking Earth, Barbara Lamorticello, Walt Curtis. Thanks to engineer extraordinaire Patrick Bocard, who hopefully will make this all sound wonderful, even though it's just me coughing in the dark. Again, this is uh, The Talking Earth on KBU. I'm Dan Raphael, and uh, y'all have a good evening. Or morning, whatever time it may be. Found on every second and fourth Thursday from 10 to midnight, right?